Hour number three of the morning show underway here on the 10th of November. Good to have you along. It's a Friday. Heading into the weekend, always a good time. Neil Atkins joining us uh, this hour, since it is a Friday after all. Uh, also, President Biden set to meet with the uh, Chinese leader, uh, Xi Jinping. That'll be in San Francisco next week. Uh, this will occur on the sidelines of a CEO summit where the uh, Chinese president expected to speak to some top American business executives. It will be uh, Ping's first trip to the U.S. since 2017. That's when he met with President Trump uh, to address business leaders. Uh, Again, the U.S. expressing growing concern about China's military ambitions and has sought to cut off Beijing's access to technology that could be used against the U.S. Also, China's treatment of Western companies that are facing tougher restrictions on how they do business have prompted firms to question the wisdom of investing in China now. But again, the president meeting with the Chinese leader next week in San Francisco. All right, Neil is here. I think he's all organized and ready to roll. Good morning, Neil. Joe Biden meeting with China. Yeah, in uh, in San Francisco. I I don't know. I don't know if they'll meet in Chinatown or not, but probably not. I hope so. Really, it it would be appropriate. (laughs) I suppose it would. All those Chinese immigrants here Ah, historically that have been here, they immigrated in the uh, uh, early the late eighteen hundreds. Yeah, okay. uh, Early early eighteen hundreds, and of course China was. Kind of a warring uh, state at the time that was pretty messed up back in the day. All right. And uh, you've got... I think you should send a note to the White House and see if you can arrange that and make sure the meeting is going to be held in Chinatown. You know, unfortunately, they don't... They don't listen listen to you anymore? They don't listen to me anymore. I I don't understand it. but uh, I don't know either. My pipeline is gone. She's retired. And Ah. and I I had a couple of uh, people that I had connections at one point yeah. in time whether okay. they were clintons or bushes or uh-huh. or carters wow you know mike kaiser that calls in here the professor right. yeah his wife heidi uh worked for the carter administration really well and she it? was uh in uh, kind of middle management with them worked with hamilton jordan and jordy paul well, where do they reside days? now they're in close, they're in maryland okay close maryland. to the capital yeah obviously. yeah they well, she's retired and she Became a lobbyist after Carter left office, wow. and uh, she had uh, uh, actually uh, Jimmy Carter's mother. Remember Miss Lillian? Yes. Well, Lillian did a world tour, and Heidi oh, was her her uh, uh, person that went with her around the, oh. around the world and that sort of thing. So yeah, well, she passed her genes there. on apparently, because uh, the Carters are certainly living to ripe old ages. All nine, of them, so. nine, what ninety yeah. nine, uh, something, something like that. that. Yeah, Jeez, both of them are still around. Yeah, I'll tell you. Else. Viewership of the GOP presidential primary, uh, almost as bad as the World Series, apparently, <laughs> uh, continues to drop. Uh, NBC News had a broadcast of the third debate this week. Less than 7 million people tuned in, down from 9 million who watched the second debate. The first debate, watched by 13 million, has been going down ever since, I guess. But uh, there's another one due, uh, I think, in uh, December, if I'm not mistaken, so... We'll see if that one increases ratings or not. I'm guessing as long as uh, ex-President Trump does not uh, participate, the ratings will stay pretty low. If he were to jump into a debate, I think they would go up. I I think they would. But again, like he said, why should I debate when I'm already leading the polls? It can only go bad from there. Eventually, (laughs) eventually. I I don't know. I I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, 
So he goes and holds a rally 13 miles from where the yeah, debate was right. Wednesday night, and he has like 20,000 people show up at his right. rally or more. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he kind of makes fun of the debaters oh, and that yeah. sort of thing, which is, but I guess why, why I, I guess why should he? Because yeah. they're the ones, he's twice in the polls, apparently yeah. uh, he's more There's than. nobody else that's even close. Yeah, he's twice yeah. the deal. So, right. but. As it narrows down and gets closer, when people actually are getting on the ballots and we mm-hmm. start seeing the primaries uh, appear next yeah. year, then uh, then we'll see what happens. All right. on the, I, actually, I'm more interested in the Democratic primaries mm-hmm. to see if Dean Phillips from <laughs> Minnesota gets any. His ratings uh, are not all that no, great well, at this point. But, but remember, uh, at again, this, he's early on. So at this point in time, yeah, nobody knew who the heck Barack Obama was. <laughs> That's right. And at this point in time, back in 1992, nobody mm-hmm. knew who the heck Bill Clinton was. And all of a sudden, whammo! Yeah, these dark horses come out of nowhere, and they get the nomination, and they become president. How about so that? So you never know. Okay, eight twenty-one at KDAL. The uh, morning show continues after this. KDAL. Coming up on 824, music from the kinks all day and all of the night. The nights, it's kinks all the way. <laughs> Say, uh, Dave. Yes, sir. See, I wasn't here yesterday. I, I have to bring this up. Okay. November 9th, 1983, Duluth yeah. Municipal Election. Okay. Guess what the percentage of turnout was on that race? I, I have no idea. 61%. Oh, wow. Now, the Minneapolis newspaper said that the uh, voter turnout in our election... This past uh, Tuesday. This past Tuesday, yeah. it was 42%. I believe it was higher than that. I think that was a misprint, I but I don't know. We'd have to dig into the devil's yeah, detail. Yeah, who knows. But in that, in that race back in 1983, 40 years ago, John Fito was the mayor. He won re-election against mm. Shirley Swain. Oh, for crying out loud. And uh, he won by 1,200 votes. Wow. Uh, Fito collected 51.8% of the ballot and Swain 48.2%. Mm. 61%, more than, uh, well, more than 30,000 people turned out to vote. And uh, I was in that election, too. Really? Running for what? City council at large. Were you a winner? I was a winner. All right. I came in number one. <laughs> Who was your opponent then? Well, at the time, there were four of us. And oh, I, I look at it, and I was ta- telling Eric Forsman about this. We, uh-huh. we talked about this when I saw him down at his soiree the other night. Yeah. Uh, he and uh, uh, Lynn Nephew came in first and second in the right. primary. Mm-hmm. And the opposite was true. Arno Kahn, do you remember Arno Kahn? Uh, the name sounds familiar. Builders and Laborers yeah. Commonwealth. Uh, construction company in town. Okay. Uh, Arno and I were in that race against Bill Miller, who was the professor at UMD, and he was the head of the uh, DFL locally. Okay. And Herb Bergson Sr., Herb's dad. Oh, my. And both Bill and Herb Sr. had the DFL and a lot of the labor endorsements. Sure. And in the primary, Arno and I, I finished third, Arno was fourth, and then Miller and Herb Bergson Sr. were first and second, okay? Wow. So when it came to the election night on November 9th, 1983, I came in first. Mm-hmm. Arno Kahn, who was really a dark horse, came in in second. Wow. And Miller and Herb Burton Sr. were third and fourth. Amazing. And uh, we won that against all odds, against all endorsements. Now, I think uh, there were uh, – and, and you know, uh, this happened. Jeff Anderson and Tony Cuneo, who uh, 
ran a number of years ago for city council seats. Mm -hmm. uh, they were uh, third and fourth in the primary, and they came in against all the endorsed candidates, and they came in and won. See? So it happens. But, you never uh, can tell. But hats right. off to uh, uh, Eric Forsman and Len Nephew. They ended up uh, winning, and it'll be... Uh, it'll be fun to see when they everybody gets sworn in in the yeah. first yeah, week or so. Pretty much January. a total new look for the council and, well, the mayor, too. So Well, for the sure. mayor's office. And I want to segue into this. Roger okay. Reinert has been elected as um, the new mayor-elect. And yeah. I know we're going to get him on the show down the road here. Everybody's kind of busy and, I and imagine, spinning yeah. this week uh, after the yeah. the end of the deal. He's got two months to get his stuff together before he takes office. Yeah. So. And uh, I would encourage Roger to bring back the Veterans Day celebration oh. back to either City Hall or back to the, the depot. It used to be down there. The city used to be under the FEDO administration, yeah. Doty administration, and uh, I think Bergson. And uh, uh, the city was more involved in Veterans Day and, than it has been in more recent years. Mm. And, uh, and now... The Veterans Day celebration tomorrow that used to be downtown at City Hall, and there were, right. used to be a Veterans Day march. And yeah, that, they had a big thing at the depot, I think, and then they yeah. marched from the depot to the deck. Or well, something. originally we marched from the uh, the old armory, yeah, and we marched downtown to the to the depot, and then the march was from the depot to the deck, going the long way around, yeah. down, <laughs> around down Lake Avenue, and come right. around, and then they held it down there, and that doesn't happen anymore. But mm -hmm. tomorrow. The Veterans Day celebration is going to be out at the West Duluth American Legion. All right. Starts at 11 o'clock. And, of course, Veterans Day originally was called Armistice Day because that was in observance of World War One, which was an armistice. And in 1938, Congress designated uh, Armistice Day to honor veterans of World War One, And, of course, later on in 1954... After World War II and the Korean War, it was changed to Veterans Day to honor veterans of all American wars. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So tomorrow at 11 o'clock, out of the West Duluth American Legion, it starts promptly at 11. I was uh, asked by the organizer, the women of Duluth, mm -hmm. to uh, be the uh, master of ceremonies. Oh, wonderful. And to just to let you know what's going to be going on. We're right. gonna, of course, the color guard will be there posting the colors. The mm -hmm. iron guard will be out there. It'll be indoors at the right. American Legion. Kerry uh, Welsh is a bagpiper. He's a Vietnam veteran. He'll uh, be doing uh, some of the yeah. uh, bagpiping. And also... That's a lost art, you know. I know it is. I'm not yeah. sure there's going to be a whole lot of bagpipe players uh, left anymore. Well, they're, they're, they're still there. <laughs> okay, good. And uh, Father John Petrich is going to ah, do the blessings at the nice. event. And, uh, I uh, again, we've, we've got... Uh, uh, Pedersen from McVie, mm -hmm. who's the speaker, he's going to be, uh, McVie is the uh, uh, veterans housing group out in West Duluth yeah. that provides housing for troubled veterans. All right. uh, he'll be speaking at Bill Bastian, who's uh, quite the singer in town mm -hmm. here, professor up at St. Scholastica, he'll be singing a couple tunes. I know our congressman, Pete Stauber, is going right. to be in the audience, and uh, I'll be asking him to uh, say a couple of words. And hopefully we'll have some of our other elected representatives right. out there, and, and a ton of better. It's it's not about elected representatives, but no. honoring veterans. Absolutely. And I I'm going to have a few comments, but it, it's going to be a good event. It's an hour long, mm -hmm. and uh, they've got a tight schedule. I was told that yesterday. I suppose let's not so, get. Uh, uh, so tomorrow for all of those out there, if you want to <laughs> predict, I know there's some other. Uh, uh, today is the 
observance of Veterans Day. But yeah, since it falls on a weekend, a lot of places like uh, I think the stock market is open today, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But the uh, but tomorrow uh, is the actual Veterans Day. We'll have that official celebration out at West Duluth American Legion. Mm And uh, if you'd love to join us, we'd love to have you out there. I'm sure they'll have some coffee and stuff after the deal. And uh, so everybody's invited. All right. We got a phone call to get to. Hi, who's this? Good morning. This is Chip from Proctor from the Gem on the Hill, and God bless the veterans and their families. Gem on the Hill. Thank you, Chip. What's going on? I I guess I I wanted to talk a little bit about the economy. We heard a story yesterday morning on this, this station about how how good things are and how good the economy is. And maybe you can give a little perspective because it kind of sounded like a, a classic Democrat Party release. You know, things are great. The economy, the jobs are high and uh, the inflation is going down. Well, Neil, I want to ask, what happened to that all this the inflation over the last three years? Did that just kind of go away? It has not. Those price, it has all not. those prices go back down to nothing? Um, and what about the job situation? Are, was the, are the jobs as good as they were? Under the best economy in forty years with Donald Trump. Well, see what they what they do is they show they they don't. What's funny is they show things are getting a little bit better, maybe since Biden took office. But it doesn't say how bad it was as he first took office, and now it went down to the dumps, and now it's coming back. So they always have that smoke and mirrors out there, Jeff. <laughs> it, it just it just shocks me that six ten. Things that people just don't even understand their own particular economic situation, that they have to be lectured, <laughs> that it's a great, they shouldn't, they should be, granted we should all appreciate we're Americans and appreciate the veterans, and it's absolutely true, but notion that people don't know their own finances and have to be told that they're, they're in good shape compared to what they were, it's, it's an amazing, amazing story. Right. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You're breaking up kind of badly there too. So, well, we'll get them. We'll get them back. Several restaurant day. chains around the country honoring vets tomorrow. Uh, Starbucks, for instance, you get a free tall, hot, or cold brew coffee Ooh. for vets. Uh, let's see what else we got going on. Denny's offering a free Grand Slam from noon until five. I don't think we have any Denny's around here anymore. No, I know. Uh, it used to be one in Superior. That didn't last long. But. I know there's several uh, places in the community. Yeah. I know. Um, Check around. I'm sure Vets will get some the, deals um, tomorrow. What, what's the, up at the Miller Hill Mall, it used to be the Robin Hood restaurant up there, but it's not now. Uh, it's uh, a national chain that's up there. What's that? I can't help you. <laughs> well, I know uh, some of the uh, nas- some of the uh, restaurants in the area. Sure. Anybody, if anybody knows, there, yeah, there's a, a, free, a free lunch or, or dinner. It's uh, you know, it's a limited menu. You can't right. go on and order a lobster and steak or anything like that. I, <laughs> although sense. I know, a, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. So right, we gotta get. A, <coughs> can we get a phone call in first while you're choking over there? Hi, who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Tom from Port Wen. All right, Tom, what's up? Well, I just wanted to ask Neil what he thought of the situation with another contender for Joe Biden. Uh, another Joe Joe Manchin. So let's see. We've got Dean Phillips. We've got Robert Kennedy. And now we also have Joe Manchin. Now, did Joe uh, Manchin make it official? No. Well, he didn't make it official, but it's unofficial. Like, uh, for anybody who can read the tea leaves, I mean, he didn't give up. He's not going to give up a Senate seat uh, to go 
tour the country and find middle ground. You know. Well, I, I know he's been. Wink- I, he's I, been- I think he, he he could get a, a plane ticket to Missouri if he really wanted to go to middle ground. You know. <laughs> Well, I think Manchin has been doing the on the um, when he's been interviewed, he's been asked this question, and it's, he smiles and he wink winks and nod nods and and says he's just looking around. You know that's, uh, but but you do have the uh, official guys that are actually uh, Phillips, Dean Phillips, uh, registered up in New Hampshire, and then of course you've got Robert uh, Kennedy Jr., who's going to be an independent candidate. He's yeah. not going to run as a Democrat. Well, I think Manchin well, might do that, too, they're thinking sure. at this point. So who knows? No, there's, there's no independent Robert Kennedy. When Kennedy ends up on that ballot, uh, the, every Democrat in the world is going to salivate over the fact that there is a Robert Kennedy. Not Robert Smith, Robert Johnson, but Robert Kennedy. Mm. And you know what? In my opinion, that is Joe Biden's biggest nightmare. Oh, sure it is. They're not going to be looking at uh, voting. Maybe uh, some Trump voter will say, oh, Robert Kennedy, hmm, looks interesting. No, that's not going to Might happen to one or two. But that Democrat in that voting booth is going to have the urge to set history uh, straight. And that would be Robert Kennedy. Right. So Joe is in a whole heap of a lot of trouble if he doesn't drop out. All right, That's thanks my for the opinion, call. Neil? I no, no, I, it. I, I got you. I, he'll, uh, Robert Kennedy will be a spoiler for the mm-hmm. Democrats. We got another call to get to. That's why I was kind of okay. short there. Hi, who's this? <laughs> hey, good morning, Corey from the Range. All right, Corey. Well, are we? Is this the Corey Volunteer Committee? Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's the Marine Corps birthday today. Yes, yes it, it is. is. Yes, it is. Yes, it and uh, Veterans Day tomorrow to both of you. Uh, happy Veterans Day from another veteran as well. Thank, thank you. And happy you too. Happy Veterans Day to you too there, Corey. Thank you. Thank you. And then on this day, uh, 1975, the Edmund Fitzgerald sank. Yes, I was going to play that, as a matter of fact, coming up next. So, Yes, yes. 29 sailors. Yep, it's kind of interesting. They talk about these job numbers and what a lot of people do not realize that after they come out with these job numbers, they are revised down and they have been for the last 12 plus months revised down every single month. So actually the stuff that they're giving us in the beginning is a whole bunch of uh, fuddy-duddy lies. Well, who revises them down and why? It's the Department of Labor because. Oh, they why do they put them out initially then if they have to revise them downward? <laughs> the preliminary uh, numbers and then they give the real numbers. Oh. And <laughs> the preliminary numbers are always the ones that get the politicians giddy. And <laughs> yeah. then the story gets buried uh, when the real numbers come. I out. see. That's why they do that. All right. Very good. And another thing, if I could bring up, there was a big Second Amendment win uh, as of the 8th of November. A federal judge basically blocked what the ATF was illegally doing, because the ATF cannot make laws. Uh, the pistol brace ban, uh, United States District Court judge struck that down, saying it was unconstitutional. You had to actually send in pictures, or were supposed to send in pictures. There's about six million uh Pistols with braces on there is what they're speculating, and only about 250,000 people, which now they have them 
registered or the ATF has the pictures and so forth of them, but they were illegally doing that, and people were supposedly supposed to all send them in. It did not happen, so a great Second Amendment win. All right. All right. Corey, well, thanks Thanks for, for the call. We'll take another break, and then we'll be back uh, to celebrate the Edmund Fitzgerald. So- Legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Gitchagumi. 843, Gordon Lightfoot's wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, who was on this date in 1975. Oh. Or Carrier went down in a big storm on Lake Superior. They found it, and they buried it in 500 feet of water, I believe, is uh, where it rested. I guess they were figuring that when that ship went down, 29 uh, Mm -hmm. crewmen... Right. Went down with it. And they believe a hatch blew off, and that's how it filled up with water. Yeah. I know the apparently the, the ship uh, broke in half. There are a couple, and they, yeah. they've got uh, photographs of it. They did recover a, a couple things at the Marine mm-hmm. Museum down right. there. Right. There's a big display on it. And I had a, a friend of mine uh, used to sail on the Great Lakes. He was a cook. Mm-hmm. And he knew uh, most, most of the crew. I suppose, yeah. And... Uh, it was something else. I had uh, uh, friends of mine. Uh, uh, one of the guys that uh, crewed on the ship, uh, his name was, I believe, Freddie Beecher. And uh, he had worked with uh, a family I know in town as a handyman, and he built a dock for him out at the mm. deal. And a buddy of mine always used to say that was Freddie's dock there. After. Yeah. Wow. But the, uh, yeah, it's something else. And for the families, I know uh, some of the families are still around from those guys that lost their lives. On the As track. they do each year, there'll be a tribute up at the uh, uh, lighthouse. Yep. Split Rock, Rock. Yep. will light up the beacon for the, I think they only do it once a year, and that'll be uh, tonight uh, commemorating the uh, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. They'll also have a bell that they'll ring uh, 29 times for each of the crewmen that uh, perished in that uh, disaster. Well, so that, yeah, and it's a very it's a great picture opportunity. I mean, if you if you're going to go, make sure you bring a camera with you. Split Rock, I don't know if you've ever been up there to no. tour it. I'd, I'd recommend it. My son and I went up. And as a kid, we I was there in the up. daytime, never <laughs> saw the thing lit up. But the uh, That lighthouse went online, I believe, in about 1910 or 1911. Yeah. And there had been a bunch of wrecks out there. And after that lighthouse right. went on, there had been no wrecks in that <laughs> particular area. Right. And uh, now, Fitzgerald didn't go down in that area. No. But, it's, but it uh, certainly. You know, big storm, those November storms, uh, Lake Superior can be brutal. Yes, sir. Most any month of the year, but I guess November is among the worst. Still got the shipping going on full bore, so. Yep, that's for sure. So speaking of water. And and thankfully it hasn't happened since, I guess. That's the key. (laughs) true. Well, speaking of water, uh, apparently the Environmental Protection Agency has uh, come and hit the city of Duluth with a number of uh, issues dealing with the water right. system and the pumping at the pumping station and some of the areas throughout the city. Uh, now, the water is safe to yes. drink. It's just the infrastructure that's deteriorating. the infrastructure is deteriorating. And <laughs> like everything else in yeah. the city, there's another expense they're going to have to and, build and, budget and, for. And they're going to be getting together with city representatives and talk about, you know, what the fiction may be. Mm. But, you know, here's... Yeah. Here's Roger Reiner, the Welcome mayor-elect. Welcome to the mayor's office. Welcome aboard, Roger, because now you've got this issue, yeah. and probably there's a couple other shoes that are going to fall. 
At least they issued it after the election. I think if they would have (laughs) issued it before, people would have claimed politics on it. So I think they waited (laughs) until the election was over. Wow. All right. But that's that's an issue that they're going to be addressing. And, you know, the city has dealt, spent tens of millions of dollars dealing with the inflow of uh, regular water coming out of the storm sewer system into the sanitary system. And that was one of the overflow issues. Mm -hmm that the city had, this started back in the late 1990s and went into the 2000s, and the city went and spent tens of millions of dollars on these huge holding tanks that they built for any potential overflow. Plus, the city went out and had a grant program where they had people uh, put in sump pumps in their homes. In fact, when I lived in West Duluth, uh, uh, we had one put in, and it was under the city program, Mm -hmm. and uh, to to make sure your water goes out and it doesn't right. get into the sanitary sewer. Correct. And, of course, they were encouraging people to have gutters and downspouts and right. you know make sure that the, the water flows away from your house and that sort of thing. So they did that on a citywide uh, program, which helped. But the problem is the city of Duluth is on a what, Dave? On a what? On a hill. Oh, well, I know. And it's a natural, <laughs> everything flows down. True. And no matter, I yeah. mean, they they really did a good job of it. But right. there's still, when there's massive storms, unfortunately with WLSD. All that water has to go somewhere. There's still, yeah. uh, from time to time, are overflows. But right. I think overall, though, they, they did what they set out to do, I think. They did. They you did, have to have a pretty huge rainstorm now to get any overflow. But. Yeah. And, and some of the uh, systems they discovered were like 100-plus years old. <laughs> yeah. And that could be part of the problem, too, with uh, yeah. uh, some of the issues out there dealing with the water system. So we'll hear more about that as time goes on. All right. We'll take another break. 848, the morning show here on KDAL. It is Friday. Dave Strandberg, Neil Atkins. Back to the KDAL Morning Show. Boy, what a perfect song. Rick Jordan's here with us. Oh, yeah. People are strange. I came in here for fun. Rick claims claims that he got me elected November 9th, 1983, to the Blue City Council. Well, I think thank yous are due then. Well, I do. Rick, you know, Rick (laughs) was a a fair and impartial journalist back in the day. Yeah. That was then. That was then, and now what the heck happened to you? (laughs) I found, I saw the lights. I remember it. uh, I was a rookie guy on the air on KDAL. What year? 1983. Now, you were no, uh, no, before that. 1979 is the first time I ran, and I actually got elected. Yeah, okay. Well, and then I was promptly defeated in 1981. That wasn't my fault. No, it wasn't. And but then it, I ran again in 83 and won. But in 78, 79, I worked Sunday nights, Dave. Remember mm-hmm. those days? Oh, wow. Six sure. to midnight. <laughs> Ooh, that's right. Signed off the station at midnight. That was mm-hmm. prime time. And uh, the boss, John Snee, John, John Russell, wanted a little talk show. And I figured, hmm, I can go up against 60 minutes. Mm. Thank you. You know you know who taught us? I had a, a friend of mine came on who'd run Jim Ulan's campaign. Uh, when Jim Ulan, he was a state representative from the eastern part of Duluth, uh, more of a moderate to liberal Republican. He ran for the state Senate, and this would have been in 1982, okay? Yep. And a friend of mine, uh, a guy I met uh, on his campaign, ran his, helped run his campaign. And so this guy, he was a student. And he offered to help me run my campaign in 1983. And I, it was like two days before the deadline to file for the city council. Yeah. And a, uh, a, a current city councilman called me 
at the time, Dick Jones, and asked me he wasn't going to run again. And he had had uh, some issues with some labor groups, and he'd been the steelworkers president at one time. And he asked me if I had run, because I had served with him uh, when I was on the council for the two years, and I had claimed I'd never run again. I said, okay, I'll run. And this friend of mine said, Neil, I'll help you run the campaign. And so this guy kind of knew how to do things, and the caveat was he stayed at my house for free. <laughs> and, uh, I, I know these kind of guys. Wow. And yeah. I, I fed him. And, I had an uncle like that once. And, uh, and we worked the deal. And, uh, and one of the things, we, he knew how to put out press releases. And we mm-hmm. put out on a Sunday, we'd go and contact all the TV stations. And they'd have a skeleton crew, and it was always a dead news day. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And we'd come up with a press release, and we'd go down there, and, and they'd, they'd cover us. Mm-hmm. And it was me. I mean, the stuff was meaningful. So we ended up getting some schmooze on all that. And then we just kept at it and kept at it and uh, ended up, you know, gain, coming in number one. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget my mom and I were out campaigning in West Duluth. And we were at, uh, I can't remember if it was at Bridgman's or a little coffee shop we stopped. And the, the guy that was the big shot in the Democratic Party in the region, he and his little coffee club were there. And I knew him. And, no uh, name? I, I will not mention names. Okay. And he came up, and he, he was in the judicial side of things, okay? Oh, that guy. And he came up, and he put his hand on me, and, he, and I'd grew, grown up. You got anointed. No, he came up, and he patted me on the back, and he says, Neil, good luck, but sorry you don't have a chance. <laughs> My mom and I sat there, and I looked at him. I said, okay, thanks a lot. Uh, and uh, anyway, so he wandered off. And so we went, and we worked even harder. Good and we boy. surprised them all. We all came in yeah. number one, and then Arnold Kahn came in second. We got the two Arnold city council Kahn. seats and, wow. and it, against all odds. And so it goes to show, just as Eric Forsman and Lynn Nephew, uh, they didn't get the party endorsement. They did get some labor endorsement. I've got a little flyer here that a friend of mine gave me. They did get the central labor body endorsed Eric Forsman and Lynn Marie Nephew and Janet Kennedy, who won out in uh, West Duluth. Well, is, is having the party... Okie dokie, a good thing? Is it the, as wonderful as it used to the be? The political party? Yeah. Obviously, this election, not. I mean, yeah. even the Minneapolis paper, I've got it here, they're talking about uh, what happened in Duluth was opposite what happened in Minneapolis and St. Paul. The Minneapolis wow. St. Paul, they elected even more progressives and more liberals. And in Duluth, it was the opposite. The, generally, the people that were endorsed by the DFL, most of them did not win. Uh, Janet Kennedy did. But uh, in the large race, they didn't. And certainly Mayor Emily Larson, she was endorsed by the yeah. DFL, did not make it. Roger was not endorsed. And uh, so it'll be, uh, it's going to be an interesting city council because now you've had a pretty liberal council. And now you're looking at a council that's pretty center now. About five members on the council are moderate to centrists. That's good. And I think that's good. Yeah. And that, that yeah. gets things done. And I think <clears throat> Reinhardt is probably going to have an era of good feelings for a while. For a while. Mm-hmm. When, when they all get sworn in. Yeah. And then we'll see where, where the rubber hits the road uh, down the road. When, well, that's one way to put it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, when he comes up with fan. what his proposals are and what he plans on doing. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's interesting, I had some people criticizing him. Because, well, he didn't have any specifics. Where's his plan? I go, well, he's not the mayor. He's He's... Yes, he's going and maybe being critical on some of the things you're saying, 
I do things different, but he doesn't have the resources mm-hmm. for access that City Hall, the current mayor, does. Yeah, right. that's right. And that's every one of them. When Emily Larson first got elected, she didn't have the inside. She was an outsider. Well, she was in for three terms. Two terms. Two terms. She was on the city council before she got elected mayor. Okay. So it's probably time for her to, to take a rest. Well, and I think I think she bowed out gracefully, and uh, eh, she's a graceful person. I communicated with her, and we'll we'll have her on the show down the road here. Good. So right. she'll and, end up doing another run for something, possibly. We'll see. Right, guys, Once it's have, in your blood, we have to say goodbye because Rick Jordan oh is coming God. up next. Oh, with, oh we got to have him on again. You'll be on. You'll be on my fishing show. It's frenzy. like he's got a two-hour show here. Right? I know it pretty much. <laughs> right. All right, Rick, uh, thank you. Veterans Day tomorrow at the American yep. Legion in West Duluth, 11 a.m. Be there. All right, or be square, as they you say. You got it. Okay. <laughs> News on the way next from CBS, also from the Minnesota News Network, and then Rick Jordan's Outdoor Frenzy on KDAL. Neil is back on Monday, and we'll catch him again on Wednesday and Friday, too, here on KDAL during the 8 o'clock hour.